0: Sorry, San Antonio football family, this is Benjamin Dosa, Miguel Padilla, inviting you to the Spur and Stripes, episode number two. It's been two weeks since we last podcasted, but trust me, folks, there's a reason for it. Tons of news coming down the league on this episode. We're going to be talking updates and signings, USL news, and USL announcing a women's league that could be coming to the league and possibly maybe even San Antonio. Stay tuned. Kill. I am so happy to be back to your podcast we've been trying to get this thing going. Welcome to the show, my friend. How you been?
1: I'm doing pretty good, Benji. Pretty good. I know we're uh, doing it a little bit different here with uh, we're actually recording this via Zoom on audio. You know, we are both in two different parts of Texas right now. Benji's down in the valley visiting some family. Hopefully you're having a good time there with your mom and pops Absolutely. and the brothers. Uh, and I'm still up here in the San Antonio area up here in good old New Braunfels. But uh, before we start the show, actually, I know we're going to get a little bit serious here, but uh, we we are definitely mourning the loss of a dear friend in uh, Joey Harvey. He was, um, he was a big supporter of Soy San Antonio football since day one. He was one of the original employees for San Antonio FC, and um, he was always a great guy to see. Uh, always a big smile, big heart. We'd always see him around, especially during the STM events. He would come up and say hi to us. So, unfortunately, he passed away. Um, we're, we're definitely going to miss him. Uh, our deepest condol- uh, condolences to his family and, you know, obviously friends and, and members around the San Antonio soccer community. We're, we're all going to miss him.
0: Absolutely. Um, yeah. It, it, uh, we got the news this morning. Um, uh, and San Antonio FC made a post on all their websites. Um, as to Joey Harvey, a very dear friend of mine, Miguel, I, you know, I've known this guy. I know uh, he's been huge, huge fan supporter of, soy san antonio football and what we try to do here um he's dearly going to be missed i'm going to miss them dearly and you know he, he leaves some big shoes uh here in san antonio but regardless he did an amazing work and he left us his legacy and you know we have because of him we have the you know the growing season ticket members that to be honest he pushed hard to get those season ticket members at san antonio fc and you know he left a he left an impact in all our lives in our hearts. So my heart goes out to the Harvey family. Uh, and, uh, you know, as we mourn him, we, uh, we'll always remember his memory. So very grateful Miguel, that I got to meet this man.
1: Yeah. Same. Um, I got, like I said, that like, I usually I would see him either around the stadium or during like the STM event. Always a big smile card. He would always come say hi to us. And, you know, we always had great conversations with him and he loved San Antonio He loved the community. Um, and you, and you, you nailed it right there on the head, man. He's, um, he helped San Antonio FC grow the fan, you know, the fan base grow, and and a, and a lot of it was because of him, because of of how he he treated the STM members. You know, he had a lot of love in his heart for this community and the fans. So we uh we dedicate this show to him. We we yes, do have a lot absolutely. of news coming up. So this one is definitely Joey. This one's dedicated to you, man. So let's um let's get started off with our first topic here with the, with the uh, with the show.
0: Yeah, let's go. Let's get this going. All right, Miguel. There's a lot to talk about. There's San Antonio has been moving and shaking these last two weeks as we knew they would. We normally, you know, this is around the time of year where in the past San Antonio has uh, just shown us uh, what they intend to do, whether it was with um, Darren Powell now with under coach Marcina, man, it looks like coach Alan Marcina has been bringing in some high power I mean, individuals, they're not on loan. I have yet to see anybody on loan. I've been seeing contracts. So that's the number one thing that I see when it comes down to these updates and signings. I know previously we spoke about the the signings and contracts and you know, do they really stay here for a minute? I think these guys are coming in with a purpose. So Miguel, without further ado, let's just start off right off the bat. Let us know who have we signed. I know right off the bat returning from last year, Liam Doyle, Um, we have uh, one of the biggest ones, Ethan Bryant got re-signed, Juan Carlos, Matt Cardone got re-signed, Joe Gallegos got re-signed, so already we already have those five individuals that got called out on December, and on top of that, we have added some MLS power and former U.S. national members to that list, my
1: man. Yeah, this is, a, this, this is a different approach for Alan Marcina and SAFC. Last year, we saw a lot of players on loan. We saw a lot of players coming in from Argentina, from basically overseas. This seems to be more of a, of a domestic U.S.-based uh, signings. We, uh, we have a lot of players that are have MLS experience, players that were drafted high uh, in the past couple of years in the first round of the MLS Super Draft. It's a nice combination of signings that we've had here in the past couple of weeks. So let me break it down real quick for you. Um, you know San Antonio. Since our last podcast, the first signing was uh, San, San Antonio FC signed Santiago Patino from Orlando SC, who was yeah. uh, the number three pick in the super in the super draft uh, just a couple of years ago. Funny story. There's actually connection between Santiago and Victor Hito PC. No so way. There nice. is an actual yes. There is an actual connection between them. So Victor PC Hito, he played for Orlando SC. He was okay. traded. He got traded to the Vancouver Whitecaps, and in return, Orlando C had received the first round, number three draft pick, in, in that trade. And goose, and they decide who they, uh, if you can guess who they picked. It was Santiago. Yeah.
0: Santiago, yeah. So yeah. there's already that connection right there. Matt.
1: So there was, a, yeah. So there's a, a fun little fact there. Yeah. So yeah, PC got traded to Vancouver. Uh, in return, Orlando received that the third pick in the first round. And with that pick, they picked Santiago. So now they're both playing for San Antonio FC. So that's a fun little fact there. Hopefully that we can we can move forward with that one throughout the season. But um, And then uh, the signing after that was the return of Connor Maloney. I was, uh, We were expecting this one, that, that he was going to come back. Uh, I believe he wanted to come back. He, he is a, a tough, tough-as-nails player. A lot of people are reminded of Greg uh, Cochran when they see him play. Oh, yeah. And himself. A beast. Um, you know, he's relentless, a beast. So we're, we're good to see, you know, we're happy to see him. Ethan Bryan, of course, re-signed after his stint in Europe, playing with uh, Rosalera up there in, uh, believe it was Belgium or, or the Netherlands. In Belgium. Uh, now he, In Belgium, yeah. And then now he's back here for, for the 2021 season. So uh, we're excited to see him come back. And then we also added another beast in uh, midfielder in Chris Le, uh, Lemma. Uh, he was the Red Bulls' two captain. For a while, so he was not just a fringe player. He was actually part of the the success for Red Bulls too up there in New York, um, and then San Antonio, and another MLS uh, experienced player with Justin Dillon coming in from Seattle Sounders. I mean, he actually just you know he's an MLS champion. I mean, you know we all know the history of the Seattle Sounders. They're a proven team year in year out. They produce a lot of great players, and now San Antonio C has a has a beast of a forward in Justin.
0: Oh yeah, for sure.
1: And then uh man there's a lot of signings here. so let's let's keep on going with this one. So San Antonio also we we were kind of expecting this one. There was rumbles around that that he was going to come to San Antonio FC. Um and he coming in from the LA Galaxy. It's another Argentinian so we still can continue with the Argentinian connection here in Absolutely. San Antonio. Absolutely.
0: That this is one that excites me Miguel.
1: Emil, yeah, with Emil Cuello. So um played for another first round uh from the MLS super draft. He was a first he's a round Texas. Pick. He's
0: a Texas. Well, not Texas per se. He does have Texas connection. Southern Methodist University.
1: Experience. Exactly. Yeah. So he has he, he he knows he's familiar with Texas going up there to SMU. They're up there in Dallas. Played with the LA Galaxy and now he's here as a midfielder, scored some outstanding a couple outstanding goals while he was there in MLS with the galaxy. So we're excited for that signing as well. Another exciting exciting signing that we're back to see is another MLS player. He was actually with us for one match. Unfortunately, he got called back by the Columbus crew and then was traded to D.C. United shortly thereafter. He's Axel uh, Axel so- so- Sober. Schober, yeah, man.
0: Yeah, huge, he's, defender. He's he huge defender. He played that he he yep. played the opening night um against Real Monarchs folks. If, if you try and say, hey, why does this guy sound so familiar? It's because he played that opening night. Um, we did not acquire him on a contract, but he loved San Antonio for a fact. I think he felt that he had unfinished business, but Axel Schoberg played that one game against the defending champions of uh, two years ago, the Monarchs, and they basically shut him down, man. We ended up pulling out that win. So,
1: right. And to me, on
0: the backfield, this is huge for me. Like, I've yeah. been waiting for Schoberg, crossing my fingers for him to come back.
1: Yeah, him with with Liam Doyle there in the, in the back, you have Colin Maloney on defense as well. That's That is going to be – I really do feel sorry for any forward or midfielder trying to score on our team. This is probably one of the –
0: a better defense
1: probably from last year. Yeah, they're tall. They're 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 tall. They're
0: stocky. They're fast. They're built. I mean, I think we got a war machine. You know what? With this type of defense, and it seems like we're – I don't know. I feel like we might stick to a four-back maybe this season. I'm thinking we might end up sticking with a four-back, maybe three. But even with these three in the back, You got to put Cardoni back in contention for some, you know, some Golden Glove contention, man, because it's gonna be hard.
1: Yeah, you 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 have have to put him in the you have to put him in the conversation, especially with the season that he had last year. It was much improved. Uh, You could see the confidence in Cardoni last year. He was um, we saw him be more vocal, take more of a leadership role uh, last year. So. I think he's poised and and he's coming into that age where he's gonna he's coming into that age where goalkeepers usually mature and they hit their prime. He's barely coming into that. So I mean we can only expect Matthew Cardone to to, to get even better here in the next two to three seasons. Oh, so yeah. He's don't be he don't just, be surprised if he if he comes out with an MLS contract here in the next couple of seasons.
0: Oh, I hope not because he's still in this he's still he's barely he's like you said, and I agree 100 percent He just barely reached his prime. Yeah, and he's he's growing and And I love it. You know, there's no, there's no doubt about it. So are we missing anybody else? I think we got them all.
1: No. Well, we got one more signing too that just, uh, just was just announced. Oh yeah. Uh, From
0: Portland, from T2.
1: Yep. It was uh, from Portland. Uh, Yeah. Experience with the Portland Timbers and T2. Uh, Marcus Epps, he's a midfielder. Just kind of adds that depth for the midfield. You know how San Antonio FC likes to roll. They like to roll with the um, deep midfield core on their roster. So right now, as it, as it sits overall, San Antonio has, in their roster by the numbers we have two goalkeepers right now on, on the roster we have three defenders officially signed we have already eight midfielders and three oh, forwards heavens. good so, heavens.
0: and we finally answered the question who's going to put the ball in the back of the net and you know what alan marcena came back with an absolute stunning answer this guy i think he fits the scheme of things i think uh he, he's going to – and I'm talking about um, uh, from oh, oh, from Orlando, Miguel. Um, he, uh, Patino, th- uh, Patino. Yeah, Santiago. Yeah. Yeah. Santiago Patino. I think he's going to be the man up top, uh, reinforced with a solid middle. I mean, just think about it. With Chris Lemma in the middle, with Patino up front, with Justin Dillon who can strike the ball so well. And then yeah. even at a very young joga, yago's just growing and – and learning from these kids, I mean, from these individuals, it's, it's going to be incredible. And then also throw in Ethan Bryant, who he played one game with us last year as um, coming in as a substitute against Oklahoma. I also. believe against Tulsa. Yeah, yeah Tulsa, he came yeah. in against Tulsa, and he almost had the, the 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 winning goal. But you can tell the kid the kid is still good, and now yeah. he's back in the states playing in the system. This is going to be incredible to watch this middle rotation along with uh, Patino up front and, and it's going to be great. I'm, I'm excited. I really, really, really am excited.
1: Yeah. If, if, uh, if, if Alan Marcina maintains that same formation, he had that three, five two, um, expect to see uh, Patino and Justin Dillon up in front um, with he, five midfielders there in the middle, you see, um, leading,
0: the, leading the pack in the middle.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, with, yeah, Santiago and Dylan will be definitely be the forwards. With the with the five in the in the middle, you could probably expect uh, Connor Maloney there on the left wing, like he was last year, playing yeah. on the left wing, coming back, supporting the defense. Of course, you're gonna see PC in the middle. Um, I mean, and you can't forget about Cam Lindy. Uh, you no, know no, along no. with with the rest of these signings um and then Ali Wright of course will will be there um expect Ali Wright to be more this is his rookie season so expect him to be yeah. more probably in the supporting role coming in gaining gaining some minutes gaining some experience but uh um it's going to be tough getting getting starting minutes here in the in the midfield with so much talent and and you can't take away from anybody here even the young Leo Torres no, um, you no, can't no, take no. away anything from these guys these these kids are all talented these young men are all talented and it's going to be a fight to, to get a starting. And you know, how, how Alan Marcino likes to keep it competitive. So.
0: Yeah. And um, and like, and like we mentioned earlier, I I mean, to cut you off, but what I'm most excited about is I have yet to see acquired on loan, acquired on loan, acquired from, no, these are contracts. These guys have one, two years, maybe three year contracts. So that means finally we're getting people that might stay with us for a couple more years. I mean, who's not to say if Emil, Emil Cuello comes into San Antonio Sea just tears it to shreds. I mean, we, we're talking about Emil Cuello, a top-notch Argentinian striker with just a powerful, powerful right foot and just quick off his feet on the ball. A lot of technique. And the biggest thing about Cuello uh, Emil is that he he stays on his feet and he's got that stamina to continue going. And then put in, put, mix him in with Patino, it's going to be a lethal one-two. I was – I got so used to seeing that. I think we got a little preview of that last year with a one-two, with a Nacho Boloy and um, our fan favorite of 2020, um, Lucho mm-hmm. and Lucho And You know, if Lucho came in, you, he was scoring. And if Lucho wasn't putting the ball in the back of the net, it was Nacho or, yeah. or Joe or Diego's or somebody, you know, it's, it's, yeah. I well, like it.
1: well, yeah. What was awesome about last season was with Nacho coming in. Um, He, he had like a knack to come in and score goals, like almost, in, or have an impact immediately in the match. And, and these were difference makers. You know, he it, it would come in whenever either, either San Antonio was behind or, or tied with the club with, with whoever the opponent was coming in in the 70th minute or later and then coming in and having an immediate impact with either an assist or a goal. So hopefully we can get something similar to that and we can't get Nacho to sign back on because there's always that possibility he could come back. I think
0: Nacho already signed with – he already signed with another team this morning. With he announced, another
1: team. Okay. He's already announced so. – he's going to Europe. Okay. He's going to Europe. Okay. So yeah, I I hadn't seen that. So we, we wish him the best out there, but hopefully we can get a Nacho type player that can, can come in and be an immediate impact. And right now it'll probably be Joe Gallegos. I mean, like looking at the roster and how the forwards are shaping out. I mean, we, but Gallegos can always drop back and play midfield as well. So he might be that 12th man coming in and hopefully we can get him to where he can be that immediate impact that, that, that X factor coming in uh, late in matches.
0: Yeah, and just to verify, Nacho um, uh, Bailoan signed. Actually, announced this morning that he's actually going to Croatia with uh, uh, with up in Croatia. So he's going on his way. He's on his way out there. Uh, No doubt that he really enjoyed being in San Antonio. But you know, he's already made that that signing. So we wish him the very best of luck out going out to Croatia. But you're, I agree, one hundred percent. What what has been done you what's been signed is just it's capitalizing on last year and that, that's the great thing about this Miguel it seems like finally they're capitalizing on such good I've been waiting I would have loved the podcast like every time somebody was coming out but I was waiting for my starting 11 and right now unofficially Alan Marcina and San Antonio FC and camp has shown us the potential 11 and it looks Stacked, my friend, looks Definitely. so there's, good.
1: There's a couple slots that still need to be filled. Obviously, the you know, right now we only have three defenders on the roster. So yeah, I would, we expect, need, I, mm-hmm. I would expect probably Josh Yarrow to come back. I mean, I'm pretty sure they're working on that right now. I wouldn't Possibly see why Kai not. Kai Green,
0: I haven't heard Kai, anything yeah. on Kai Green, folks. So I don't yeah, know a lot of folks Green. keep asking us, but we I, officially, I can't, I can't put my pin my number in there.
1: Yeah, so I mean, it looks like the team's coming together. I mean, like the, the the core players that we were expecting to sign have pretty much signed. The players that we were expecting to leave have pretty much left. Um, so hopefully, we can see maybe a, a couple more uh, signings from from last year's, and maybe we might see one or two more surprises coming in um, in terms of players coming in from the outside as well here in the next week or two. But I mean, it looks like we're pretty close to to the the team look here for 2021, and then um, and then see how the season's going to start.
0: Yes. And with that, let's start our next transition into USL news. Now, USL finally pumped out when season's going to start, what it's going to look like, what the schedules and timeframes. Let's just put it out there. We're not going to have what happened in 2020. Um, We're not going to be playing within just our little division. It actually Uh, is going, we're going to be going into groups. Now, Miguel, for our people out there listening to us. USL has really gone lengths to really make sure that the competition stays uh, level. As far as we know, the actual champion from USL still is Vial Monarchs, which don't exist anymore because of controversies. But the no, Monarch- I believe
1: I believe they're coming back for the twenty twenty one season they may they might not come back after that but they well, are well yeah
0: after at what I'm telling there there yeah. there's some controversy there within
1: with that, the ownership with yeah. the ownership we, and all we that already stuff. know that yeah the NWSL um the, I, I think you got it with the NWSL club with the uh I forgot their name that they were playing out there was it the Royals yes so they moved to, the, they moved to can they moved back to Kansas City they got bought by ownership so um, moved back to Kansas City. So yeah, like the Real Monarchs is part of that same ownership. So they're kind of up in the air, as far as we know.
0: They're still um, the champions because twenty twenty folks. If you're still joining still the us, if it's your champions. first time. You yeah. know, we have no. Just to put this out, that we have no champion last year twenty twenty season, and we talked about it earlier in one of our podcasts. Was nobody? They canceled the championship game because of COVID contract of individuals within the organization on Tampa, so they just canceled the whole thing. But last year's finalists on the west side, on our side of town, obviously, again, Phoenix Rising, another dangerous team who's been doing dangerous offseason signings, as they always do. And Tampa Bay Rowdies on the east coast, which had an amazing season. But as far as we know, there's no champion. And uh, it's still Real Monarchs from 2019.
1: Yeah, and there's been a lot of change in the USL. We've seen some teams uh, leave the USL. Uh, we saw a couple of MLS2 teams. So, like, as we know right now, there is no Reno. Reno 1868 folded uh, due to financial reasons. They were hit kind of hard by COVID. Um, and then we also know that a couple of the MLS2 teams uh, went away. We know that uh, Toronto uh, – well, in USL 1, Toronto and Orlando FC uh, retracted. Yes. Um, in, the US, in the USL Championship, uh, the Timbers Timbers 2 left. Um, we know that Sacramento is still here, still around, but they're getting ready to leave for the MLS here pretty soon. But we also have some teams coming in uh, with the Oakland Roots, that uh, Roots, which is a team yeah. which is a, a pretty exciting team out there on the West Coast in California. If you don't know about them, they've been they were playing in Nissa uh, for the past couple seasons. Actually, went to the finals against Detroit City, another one of those premier teams down there in the lower divisions. Uh, and took it, went toe to toe with Detroit City before losing two to one in the in that fall final for yes. Nissa. Yes. Uh, and they've been very serious about being contenders in the USL Championship. They've got a lot of interesting signings uh, coming in, so they're not just coming in and being happy that they're in the USL Championship. They're here to contend. So look out for the o- Oakland Roots, and then we also have a couple other teams coming in. Uh, in the future, here in, in 2022, that that I'm pretty excited to see. And you know, we got Queensboro FC yes. up there in New York, uh, the Walker's
0: team, the legendary yes, David Spaniard, Villa, David, David Villa's team.
1: Yeah, they're coming in. We also have a, a team in uh, Rhode Island who has yet to be named. They're gonna be playing up there in Pawtucket, uh, a city that I'm familiar with up there in New England. Uh, yes. I actually have some, some family and friends that live up there in Pawtucket. Uh, I used to spend some summers out there. So I'm excited for that to see that they're coming into 2022. And then a couple other teams down the road, Wichita, gonna, uh, Buffalo and Des Moines,
0: Buffalo and Des Moines. Yeah. There you yeah. go. Buffalo and Des Moines.
1: Yeah. Buffalo. So, I'm excited for, I'm
0: excited for Buffalo. So.
1: Yeah. So it's, it's really exciting how the USL is growing. I know right now we're a little bit uneven uh, in terms of the East and, and Western conference because of all the movements, but uh and looking overall at the USL championship, it looks like it's survived it's surviving the storm of the past couple of seasons. You know, MLS look or I'm sorry, not MLS, but the USL championship. USL one is growing as well. So it looks like this league is growing. Um you're seeing some uh some teams going down to to uh North Carolina. It was another one. Yeah, North Carolina, they set we, up
0: they said we're not doing it
1: yeah we they were uh they they went down from USL champion basically self relegated themselves to u s l one and and it was a financial decision i'm pretty sure they'll be back in the u s l championship soon but they did they decided that in their financial interest for their survival of the club they needed to go down to u s l one um but they still have a stadium that they're planning to build in downtown uh raleigh um a beautiful downtown stadium that they have planned so um i know there's big plans for them so they're not going completely away. They're just going down to USL one, at least for this season. And it almost seems to me like they're the, that the USL is kind of starting to set up, even though they haven't said it, we're speculating here. looks like they're setting up for pro-row. Oh, yeah. Are your, oh your yeah. your thoughts?
0: You know, they never shied away from the question. Um, and I think MLS should – is looking at this and see how USL is doing things. But there's no doubt in my mind that USL is trying to set up a pro-relegation. Absolutely. If you don't win out, go down to the bottom and play with those guys. Win. Because what they want is quality. What they want is, you know, to say that, hey, you know, big name players come to to this league to play. And USL is not, USL is the MLS's competition. And if they succeed, you know, making a pro relegation, phew, man, that's going to open up a door into our professional look. And who knows, there might be a unified, unified league between MLS and USL saying, hey, you know, if you're not making it up here, if you're not winning games, if you're not selling tickets and people are not interested, there's the USL. I think, I think they're, they're, they're setting it up perfectly. Commissioner Edwards, I think has already been clear about it. Um, USA, the US Soccer Federation has been clear about it. They have not said no to a pro relegation. They've literally said we're gonna look into it, and why not? I think USL is a perfect place to—I hate saying it—but to experiment with what a USL or what a pro relegation system in America would look like. We're the only American. We're the only soccer federation in the world that does not have any pro relegation at all. We just have business sports. I hate saying it we individual business sports, the MLS, the USL, the NIOSA. You know, all these professional leagues are independently business-owned commissioners working separate from everybody else. We can't yeah. really truly have a champion with so much professional, quote, leagues and teams. In England, it's the best of the best. If you stay, if you stay in Premier, you stay in Premier, and you better win. They don't care. L- let's look at Mexico example. How many times has Chivas the most decorate, one of the most decorated teams in Mexico been so close to ascending into the lower leagues? Oh my goodness.
1: Right. Or, or even, in, or, or even, in, butt. or even in England, I mean, you see team, you've seen powerhouse teams yeah. like new Newcastle United or, uh, or back in the eighties. I mean, if you remember football, the, the English football back in the eighties when you had the Queen Park Rangers and Nottingham and Blackburn, these teams were huge. They were like the Liverpools and the Manchester cities are today. You know, these were huge clubs and now they're they're relegated and they're struggling and in, you in, in premier in, in the championship or in or in the EPL one or you know, down there in those lower leagues. So I mean, it's it's something that the US needs. Definitely needs pro row. The USO championship also is a league that's very well respected, not only here in the United States. I think it's actually more respected in Europe, because they see the quality of play. They see
0: they do. The games yeah.
1: are the games are easily available on 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 the internet on ESPN Plus or, or even on. Actually, I think they get to overseas. They get to watch it for free on YouTube. Um, they don't even have to have ESPN Plus. Exactly. So they get they get the process of uh, and and you know and I've seen comments. Uh, you know, from from people in England and, and Europe saying that you know that the USL is, is is actually pretty good quality football for second division, and you saw it with with how we were competitive with uh, with Cardiff City in terms of uh, when San Antonio C played that friendly with Cardiff City. Um, you know how competitive that was. They, and oh, Cardiff yeah. City did not bring their academy kids to play; they brought their starters. A yeah. Cardiff City is is a team that that is, I mean, I mean they're a pretty decent team down there in, in second division in in the in the EPL. there, in the championship down there in their league.
0: You know, I 100% agree that's a perfect example of what it should be. And just to go back to answering your question, absolutely, That this is what the USL is trying to do. They're trying to be what the MLS should have been back when they started MLS 97. Now, I know we're not, we can't say neither here nor there, different time frame, different way of life, different soccer was not what it is today. But I think with the US women's soccer team, I mean with the US system soccer program on the women's side how many times has it felt three times this is the longest this is like the one time that the one league in women's professional sport that's lasted longer than yeah. 5 years. yeah
1: yeah this is, this be is honest. the longest yeah and it's actually I mean and good for the NWSL that they're growing they're having an expansion they're they're in an expansion they're entering an expansion phase right now I should say with uh, we see uh, Angel City coming in with, uh, in Los Angeles yeah and, with
0: NWSL. Yeah.
1: With NWSL, they have a lot of backing there with, with a lot of high profile backing from celebrities and, uh, uh, you know, big sports figures are there involved with that team. Then you have racing, uh, Louisville, um, who has the backing of USL championship, you know, contenders there with, uh, with Louisville, uh, as their partner. And then, I mean, they're growing. So they're, they're entering a pretty good phase. So it looks like on the NWSL side, women's, women's league they're gonna they're gonna succeed so coming back to the usl and pro World, what i think needs to happen is just what or what the usl and mls is looking at is sustainability of the clubs make sure that the fan base is there because you don't want a team that only has like 800 people to get promoted right you want to have a, a really good fan base um you know for for the team to be able to get promoted and be you know lucrative for the mls now of course naturally a team getting promoted would probably gain more interest you know, especially, like, imagine seeing, like, a Miami FC and Inter-Miami playing each other, or San Antonio pushing up to MLS and having a four-team rivalry. With yeah, with Austin.
0: Houston, Dallas,
1: and Austin. Yeah, yeah. In Austin, so um, that would definitely, right, right there would probably sell out Toyota Field every single night that they play at home and would have a good following throughout Texas because, you know, that, that would just, the Darby's there would be insane if, if San Antonio FC were to push up to the MLS through promotion relegation. 100%
0: agree. Um, I think, well, it's going to be interesting to see how the USL move, moves forward with this, but it's exciting. You know, as we discussed earlier, we have professional teams that have gone staying in the USL championships. And then just this year dropping down to USL one, which is nothing wrong with that. You know, there's nothing wrong with playing in USL one, uh, because the competition level is good. You know, it's, it's good football. I mean, obviously, you're not going to have former MLSers and, you know, go down that low into the systems. USL is the perfect place for current MLS players to come and play and showcase how many players have we seen go from USL back to MLS or come from MLS, come down to USL, go back up to MLS. One of the most perfect stories was Sebastian Ibiaga. He left the, he left the, what what the USL's purpose is and what a club's team is. He came in, destroyed everybody. The number one defender in the USL, defender of the year. I mean, this dude, this man just manhandled everything. Controlled the backfield. Um, even put um, Diego Restrepo, who was a walk, who walked on after an injury with Cardoni, in Golden Glove contention. So that year we had a Golden Glove winner and we had a defender of the year. And what did Sebastian Ibiaga do? He went from playing with Dynamo to playing with San Antonio FC to going and playing with New York NYC. So, and the man's still there. So that's a whole purpose of what you know how it should be.
1: And yeah, that and, shows, and his story, his story is not the only one. It's it seems no, like it's becoming so more commonplace right now, where you'll see a player start off in MLS, come down, play a season or two at USL, um, you know, get honed his skills, and then make the jump back up to MLS or even go overseas, like. Um, you know, like Christian Parano, like recently with Christian Parano, he's playing in first division Portugal. He's not playing for some farm team out there. No, no, he
0: he's, yeah. Yeah. There he's, on, he's on. He's not playing fourth division. He's on. not a
1: first division team, and and one of the better teams there in Portugal. I mean, obviously, it's not Porto or or you know one of those uh bigger teams out there, but they are usually contenders. And you never know; you might see him in a Europa League match or at a Champion leagues match here pretty soon. And he, started the... his,
0: he started his career in San Antonio FC.
1: Yep. So it, the as you can see, you know the league is is known throughout the world. It's it's getting its respect or it has its respect as a, as a development league or not even as a development league, but a league where where players can improve, you know, and and move on to the next level. So as well as that, you know, tying into San Antonio FC, a lot of a lot of there's a lot of criticism on San Antonio FC signing players, in terms of by like being cheap and stuff like that. But I don't see that this year with this year's roster. No, 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 MLS, These MLS guys are not going to come down and and pay for and and play for 20, 20, 20,000 a year. These guys are going to play somewhat close to what their contracts were in the MLS, you know, whether it's through bonuses or through an outright contract, who knows? Because, you know, obviously in the USO, the contracts aren't, aren't really specified, but you have to speculate that these guys are playing at or close to whatever they were getting paid at MLS because they're not going to take a huge pay cut especially if they're players that that had success in MLS, they're not going to come down and play just for pennies on the dollar.
0: No, not at all. 100% agree with that. And again, to tie into what you just said, the whole purpose of the USL and what we were talking about and what San Antonio C, I think for the first time in five years, man, I personally think San Antonio C is finally headed in the right direction. They are definitely already, with everything going on, with all the changes, and you know we don't know um, what this year's going to bring, but you got to keep San Antonio FC in contention again to make a championship run, like they yeah. do every year.
1: Yeah, this this is the first the this off season uh, coming into this off season, especially with the pandemic and everything. I was really concerned about the future of San Antonio FC, whether this club was going to last. We know the history of SSNE and how they just sell off their 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 affiliate teams, like they did with the. With the with the rampage, they sold them off to to a Las Vegas uh, group out there, and then they did that. A, and then a couple of years ago, with a separate Las Vegas group, they sold the the WNBA team, uh, which was the uh, San Antonio. What was there? The Stars, was it the the WNBA team?
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yes, yes, yes.
1: Yeah. So you know that you know because SSNE just were, didn't feel like they were that invested in these in these teams. And I kind of was feeling that way with San Antonio FC for a while, but like seeing how the signings are coming, we're not just bringing up Academy kids or just slapping together a roster. Like you could tell that Alan Marchena and his staff has done their homework to bring the best quality prayer players to win a championship. And not only that, they're not signing them to one-year contracts. There are players out there. that are, that are either on a two-year contract straight out, or they have a one-year with the option contract. So they're on a multiple year contract knowing that a lot of these players that are coming in this year, you're going to see them again in 2022.
0: Yes, and you will. And and I'm so excited about that. Those are big moves. That is what's going on in USL Men's League. And I say Men's League because we're going to transition now into our next topic, Miguel. It was reported by The Athletic that the USL intends to get serious about launching, Miguel, a women's pro league that's going to rival The National Women's Soccer League, the NWSL, the long, the long, one of the largest women's soccer leagues in the world, the NWSL and USL is serious, man, about launching probably 2022. I remember reading not too long ago, uh, back the 2019. And I think we might've talked about it, about a little bit of it that USL had mentioned, um, that they were interested back 2019 of doing a, a, a women's league. I remember that there was many owners of teams that were interested that had already um, looked seriously into exploring and starting a division one women's professional league. At that time, it was early as early as 2021. You know, we're in 2021, obviously COVID and the pandemic has put us all behind. But the USL back then had intentions to make a, um, a complete uh, USL league that would compete directly against the National Women's Soccer League. Now, remember, before the pandemic, the NWSL had set records, Miguel, for attendance. I mean, you had 1,000 to 2,000 people showing up to games. At that time, uh, the Athenians were still playing, and we were seeing numbers at the Athenians we were seeing numbers at the Blossoms. We were seeing numbers at S, um, Alamo City. We were seeing numbers at, over at uh, the Corinthians. Man, what are your thoughts on this, Maggie? What about this news coming out again saying, hey, we're going to go back to the drawing board. It's 2021. I want to re-explore this. Do you think this would be, do you think this is, uh, you know, what do you think?
1: Oh, this is great for the for the women's soccer. Uh, you know, in general, because now you're you're get have a competitive league with the backing of a uh, of an organization in the USL that can financially back a team uh, a league that'll that'll last. Um, and especially if they decide to partner up with the NWSL in some way, shape, or fashion, whether it's through promotion relegation, or kind of how like the USL does affiliate teams or hybrid teams uh, with their Major League Soccer counterparts. Um, we already have USL clubs that own. NWSL teams like the North, uh, North Carolina FC are, are partnered with the North Carolina Courage. In yes, the NWSL. They are. Uh, Louisville Louisville City FC is partnered with Racing Louisville. Sacramento Republic is in serious talks of bringing an NWSL team uh, and possibly a USL Championship women's team here in the near future once they go and settle into MLS. So there's o- already movement going on. And then Real Monarchs, of course, they had their partnership with uh, prior to all the, their, their ongoings and scandal that happened, they were partnered with that, the Salt Lake City NWSL team out there as well. So, I mean, there's already precedent for it. So it's not unfamiliar territory for the USL itself. So for them to bring up a league, it is a great idea. So, I mean, you, you have a lot of great clubs out there in the UWS, in the NPSL, UPSL. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of clubs out there that could potentially make the move up to USL and have a very competitive women's league. There's a lot of talented soccer players out there, and it seems like every day more and more are coming out. And, like, that gap – and I don't like to compare the men and women's game because they're different, but that gap in talent is definitely closing between men and women. Like, I, I watch more and more women's games because the, the level of competitive is just getting better. The talent's getting better. You see the tactical uh, movement of the ball. I mean, everything is just amazing when you watch women's soccer nowadays, even at the high school level.
0: I 100% agree. I mean, how many times have we gone to games here in San Antonio um, and we've been like, oh, my goodness, the level of play here is incredible. I think one of the games that I was completely just got I mean, it took me by storm, was watching uh, last year's Lee versus Madison, you know, with Jillian out there, Martinez, with uh, the compa girl, with um, – the Texas Tech commit I can't remember her <laughs> yeah, name right yeah. now there's so it's many great there were so Mia many
1: great players Salas, in that game yeah,
0: yeah Mia Salas uh, went to Houston Baptist so many uh, it came out of that that game um one of the young ladies is playing at University of North Texas another not, I mean you had like in one game in women's soccer for one night for you know the the 90 minutes that we were watching that game over at Commanders uh, stadium uh we were watching like 8 D1 under 18 young ladies and then one girl that's been you know with the u.s women's national youth teams it was incredible there's no doubt that the level of skill um uh, has worked out but look i'm gonna tell you how this started 2020 back in 2020 i think it was february they appointed do you remember the name angela angela huckles
1: yes yes yes
0: former u.s national team two-time olympic champion angela huckles with the U.S. Women's National Team, became the league's top advisor on women's soccer. Now, folks, if you're listening to us, the USL is not a stranger to Women's League. They actually had, and if you Google it, it, they actually had the the WUSL that went from like 1995 or 90-something, 96, somewhere around there, all the way to 2004, and then it disintegrated, and it just went away in 2004, 2005. So the USL... Yes, USL has been around that long, but the USL um, has already, you know, seen this before. Obviously, the USL Championships has now developed into like the, you know, I guess if you want to look it on the outside, the number one, second best league in America. If you want to choose to do so, they're both professionals, but they appointed Angela Hunkles to do that, and you know that was the best thing that USL could do because. It's already proven. It's been a league that's already been proven that it's been a huge supporter of women's sports on and off the field, you know. And now with 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 Huckle's with uh, with Huckle's being the advisor for the USL, the first thing that came to mind was, I want to I want to bring this back, and I want it to rival the um the I want it to rival the the NWSL. Now there's nothing going to be taken away in the NWSL. It's been over how many years has the NWSL been around? Miguel.
1: This will be, I believe, their sixth season coming in. Yeah.
0: And they're, I mean, it's the largest league in the world for women's sports. We're talking, I mean, shoot, I remember when we were covering the Corinthians and the Athenians and uh, Alamo City and Blossoms, they were playing games. Sometimes two games a, a weekend, a Saturday and a Sunday. They're yeah, going 20, back. Yeah, 2013,
1: and... Yeah, seventh season. So the seventh, eighth season actually. They they started twenty thirteen. Yeah, they So season. now
0: you have two respected, you know, NWSLs and U and USL. And let's not forget now the WPSL. Um, I'm sorry, I got them both confused. The, the WPSL.
1: UPSL. Uh, WPSL.
0: Yeah, WPSL and US UPSL. Yes, the UPSL. So now you got three huge women's soccer leagues with opportunities. Where does this put San Antonio on the map, Miguel? Now that we know Angela Huckle's is actually for real about bringing this, they're actually board members have gotten together and then, you know, team owners have said, Hey, we're interested in actually doing this. Do you think San Antonio FC Spurs sports entertainment was one of those owners that said, Hey, we actually want to bring this to fruition. What do you think, man?
1: Uh, I, I think that San Antonio FC and ss would have to seriously consider this um but they do have competition and we'll get that get to that here in a minute here just in the city of san antonio but san antonio is a city that should have at least and end. uh should have at least a usl women's if not an professional team, yeah. professional it, it has to have a professional women's we need team. To. We're, there's no doubt we're, we're the 10th largest market in the country i mean it's no no women's
0: professional sports. women's and no no professional women's sports you whatsoever. have
1: you have Houston, you have the Houston dash right down the road. It would instantly create a derby, unlike anything, anything other, um, you know, cause you know, here in Texas, if you're not from outside, if you're from outside of Texas, you don't know Texas cities have rivalries against each other.
0: Oh, under Houston,
1: Houston doesn't like Dallas. Dallas doesn't like Houston. San Antonio doesn't like, you know, Austin doesn't like San Antonio. You know, we're all, we're all competing about who's got the best tacos, who's got the best this and that. Yeah, so, for sure. You know, it's just the part of way of life here in Texas that we're going to we're going to compete and we're going to talk crap about each other. At the end of the day, we all love each other because we're all Texas. But, you know, for this, it's a dark. It would be a, a, an insane derby that you could have here between San Antonio and Houston right down the road. You know, um, it'll create it would create interest. You know, I think you would have big crowds, whether you play those games at Toyota Field I mean, there's other 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 places here in San Antonio. I mean, you have several stadiums that could be NWSL ready immediately. You don't have to build a stadium, um, but if you have the funding for it, by all means, do it. You know, and, and you could probably find something in downtown to build a beautiful NWSL stadium downtown. But you got the Alamodome. You have yeah. UIW. You could play at UIW. You could play at Toyota Field. Um, you know, yeah. If you want to go for a little bit Hero of a small, stadium, yeah, Hero Stadium. There's a lot of places where where uh, NWSL or USL Championship type caliber team could come play. Now, will SA, SAFC uh, pull the trigger on this one and, and decide to go for a women's team? I don't know. They, I think they have to do their homework and see if it's financially viable for them. Of course, it all comes down to dollar and cents at the end of the day. Um, but, I mean, we already have a, a club here that could potentially do that with with the Athenians.
0: Okay, now now, now, before we get into this, let, let, let's dive a little bit into the specifics of the city of San Antonio and a potential missed opportunity by San Antonio FC. Now, remember, San Antonio FC does not have a women's developmental team league or whatever. They don't. It's an all academy. Academy. Yeah. I'm sorry, an academy. Yeah. They don't have a women's academy whatsoever, not one. Um, which is fine because there's no use for it. Do we need one? Absolutely. But there's and, plenty. And there's
1: plenty. Of and there's plenty of, yeah, I was going to say there's plenty of clubs that that offer young women uh, a place to grow, like classic elites. You have uh, Juventus.
0: Juventus, and you then have- you got. Dortmund and SA City and SA City, yeah, you know you had Surf, you know, you, you, exactly. It already, wow, already awesome. and blossoms, you know. Already, yeah. that's already like eight, you know, club teams that are and the, and these are clubs that are putting kids in Division One schools. You know, um, one of the ones that just signed with a Big, well, they they used to be Big Twelve, Nebraska, uh, the keeper from Madison. Um, I can't remember oh, her name. Uh, 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 Wilderman. Wilderman. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wilderman just, and she's, she's been playing. She's been playing with Alamo city, you know, being coached under Juanma Madrid and all these good people. Yeah. And she just signed a big D one contract uh, to
1: Nebraska. So kudos yeah. heading, on heading, heading, heading to the big 10,
0: headed to the big 10 where the big teams are, you know, and it, so San Antonio, see, in my opinion, they're just going to say, they're just going to whiff it. They don't care about it. I'll be honest with you. I'm sure straight up tell you. San Antonio FC has no intention, or not San Antonio FC.
1: That's just an
0: E. Let me backtrack. Yeah. Spurs Sports Entertainment and Holt, not Holt manager, but Holt owner of sure. SS, and he has no intention or does not care to bring in a women's team into the Spurs Sports Entertainment. Number one, they don't have the money. Number two, they're pumping into a failed basketball season Again. I'm sorry to say, but the Spurs have been not the Spurs for the last six years, seven years. You know, it's been a long time. Get over it, man, over at Spurs Sports Entertainment. Get over it. Those days are gone, and you're missing opportunities to invest in a soccer team that can rival an MLS. How, How big would it be for Spurs Sports Entertainment to pump their money into the San Antonio FC, the football club, of San Antonio and then they meet up In Lord willing, we haven't had any word on this, but let's say the, uh, the, uh, the, opened, the, the cup opens the, the U S cup opens up again this year yep. and it's Austin San Antonio. And we end up beating Austin bold, Austin FC all in one campaign. Yep. That's a statement, but that's not going to happen because Spurs sports entertainment has zero interest to in bringing in a women's club team. Now, that doesn't mean we'll never get one because everybody around the country knows that San Antonio is an untapped territory for women's soccer. We've spoken to so many division one schools, so many professional players and teams, and they say, Man, San Antonio FC is an untapped gold mine when it comes down to sports.
1: Yeah. When you're looking at the talent that we have here alone, I mean, we have the campus sisters both playing in Liga MX feminine. Yeah, playing for with, Pumas, with Pumas divisions.
0: Yeah. You know, not only that, there's one more young lady that's playing out in Juarez from San Antonio. You know, you got, I keep bringing her up, but she's one of the youngest. She's only 18 years old, but you got Mar- uh, Martinez out there at UCLA yeah. making splashes. And then all, we mentioned a whole bunch of other young ladies playing around the state and around the country in Division One. my friend. Dude, I'm telling you, it's, it's, it's going to be something else. Now, you mentioned the Athenians. Now, they're not the Athenians anymore. Let's dive into that. I think this would be the opportunity for Juventus that has acquired the rights to the Athenians to put their name in there and say, yo, hey, USL, consider us here. Look at we already have the facility. We already have the the fan base. We already have the dude. Dive into it, Miguel, because I love how you get into this stuff, right?
1: (laughs) Yeah, so... If if you haven't heard, for you guys out there listening, the Athenians were, uh, who first came into the league in, in the WPSL days uh, back in 2017 are now part of Juventus Academy San Antonio, which is part of big club Juventus over there in Italy. So this is huge news because the Athenians were independently owned by Pete Veras. Pete Veras, you know, did a great job with the Athenians, bringing them up. Uh, you we saw the popularity grow with this club, they had a huge following. The Crocketeers uh, supporters group, who also support the San Antonio FC, were huge supporters of the Athenians, still are to this day.
0: Um, yeah, dude, they were getting almost 2,000 people in the stands.
1: You would see a lot of people out there. They played last season at Cibolo. um, you know, they were packing the stadium or not last season, but 2019. Yeah, yeah. um, you know, they were they were growing in popularity. It looks like they were they were getting ready to 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 uh to to have a big season and I mean the interest was growing there they were playing in a highly competitive league in the UWS and you know of course 2020 hit and, and we all know what happened with 2020 so now Juventus comes in they believed in the brand they saw the philosophy that the Athenians already had they had the they saw the fan base and decided to say hey we believe in the Athenians we're going to get the purchasing rights for the, for this club and we're going to grow what the Athenians or whatever the foundation was already for the Athenians is now going to be what they Juventus is going to build upon and have Athenians be even a a bigger, a bigger club. So, I mean, this to be excited because what are the, you know, the possibilities of backing the, the financial backing of, of, of an organization like the Juventus Academy, you know, what does that mean for the Athenians? That means that one, they they have a, a talent pool, like very few clubs have in terms of getting the talent to build a super squad for, for the Athenians. Uh, You know, they're going to, there are also going to hold tryouts here coming soon. And then you have that talent pool already here in San Antonio. Yes. That, that are not part of the Juventus. Yeah. You know, like we said, like we have plenty, we have plenty of talented women, young women soccer players from SA city, from classic elites, from, you know, all these other clubs, you know, surf, you know, could, you know, and and surf has their own team, but you know, I'm just saying that this is, there's already in in high school and college, you know, that they can play for the Athenians. Once summer 2021 comes, and the future is just bright because you could see that this team could either one, make the jump to the USL Women's League when it comes when it comes down, or if they see it, you know, if they see this continue to grow, I mean, why not make the jump to the NWSL and have put yeah, in a petition. Have a
0: petition? They're expanding. That's they're it. they're looking for expansions.
1: Yeah, and why not have an Athenians uh, Houston Dash rivalry there? You know, and and have the NWSL continue to grow.
0: Man, you know what? You nailed it. You nailed it. I couldn't have said it better myself, Miguel, that, I mean, for those that are listening to our audience right now, hey, it's an opportunity, and it's something that should not be missed. Folks, that is going to be it for us today. I know we could be here forever talking about soccer. So much news. Thank you for joining us here on our show. Miguel, last words go to you, my man.
1: All right, last words. The USL Championship is scheduled to begin on or about May 1st. That's all that we have going on so far from the USL. So that's why we saved that news for last. But, of course, as more information comes about, we will bring it to you here on a future episode of The Spur and Stripes. Benji, my man, my brother, hey, man, this was a very good podcast. I'm glad we dedicated this one for Joey. Joey, you are always in our hearts forever and ever. We will never forget you, the love that you had for this city and we are so happy that we got to at least dedicate this show to you my man and to his family our deepest condolences once again benji again it's been a great show man uh hopefully you're enjoying your time down there in the valley and of course we'll, we'll see you soon man
0: absolutely it's always awesome podcast with you folks stay tuned for more information here on soy san antonio football again yes joey harvey you're in our hearts we love you folks take care of yourselves stay and stay tuned on. for more soy san antonio football